This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alec the Third. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. Hope you're safe today. I hope you're warm. Hope, uh, hope your car isn't buried if you have a car. I live in New York City, you know, Bushwick, Brooklyn, if you didn't know. So uh, I have a zip car right now, but I don't have a permanent car. I have one at, at use or available on demand when I need it, theoretically. I had some problems with that this summer where the car wasn't there. So knock on wood, the car's going to be there Valentine's Day week for a little upstate getaway with my wife. But anyway, I hope you're well, and if you have a car um, in the New York area or one of these snow-covered tundras that we find ourselves in today, I hope you're safe and warm, and I hope you enjoy this next conversation I have coming up. This is with Dan Victor, who has a new album out called Mental Chillness. Dan Victor and I go way back to the Potion Collective days. If you go back to the, the very first kind of preview episode for this podcast, Um, I talk about Potion Collective and what that was. Basically, it was an arts collective, arts and music collective, in around 2009 to 2013 or so. Um, And yeah, it was a collection of artists. We had a regular open mic. We A bunch of bands were born from it. I Am The Third, the band was kind of born from that. Um, Dan has a duct tape halo project, which he's had for a long time, but several iterations of that came out of potion collective days. And Dan was also in kind of the original full lineup of I am the third and helped, helped me put that together and was on that journey in the beginning. Um, we've since parted ways as bandmates, but you know, we are still friends and I respect the hell out of him. Um, he ran pop dust for a while. We talk about all of the, all of this in the, in the conversation, kind of rehash our history, um, and, and talk about what we're going through going forward. We also talk about mental health. Um, if you guessed by the title of his album. So this is my old friend and bandmate, Dan Victor. Let's have a conversation whatever <laughs> yeah now we know <laughs> so dan victor man how you doing how are doing, things doing good thank you alec uh, it's good to good to talk to you yeah it's been a while since we had a conversation um i've seen you on facebook land you know there's all these interactions that we have with people that we've known for a long time like i have a lot of those with with chris carr um yeah and a lot of other people who are still in the Bushwick area, but who I've known in different eras of Bushwick, um, you being one of those. So uh, in this pandemic era, in this uh, (laughs) post-apocalyptic frozen tundra reality that we're in right now, uh, what have you been up to? Well, it's... I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, we we are caught in a snowstorm today, which is kind of I don't know if that's dating the, the podcast at all, but we uh, <laughs> um, it's really kind of cool actually because uh, I have been I've been doing a lot of different work. 
one uh most recently i released an album called mental chillness which uh the this the uh, coincidentally just before i came in here i was working on editing the video for silk of the snow which i recorded during the last snowstorm that happened in december and i did that all at night which was a lot of fun uh to just just play around the snow with uh, my video equipment and lights uh, but it must have looked really funny to whoever was watching me. <laughs> there is, you know, because it was like I started recording at uh, like like 11 p.m. at night and recorded until like 5 a.m. Uh, just to try to get as much time in the un, untouched snow. That was sort of the idea because I knew it was going to get muddy the next day. Um, and you know, things like that. It's just like one thing has led to the other. I think pandemic has sort of one thing's informed the other. Like I, I've had a lot of situations like this whole, this whole last year, like whole last couple of years, just one thing after the other um, was a lot of challenges. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, I, I don't know if I should tell you a little bit about mental chillness uh, is the name of the album. And it's all uh, focused around, well, it's my songs, but I wanted to do just acoustic songs to sort of give an expectation of this is what I do. Uh, I don't need to make it fancy. It's sort of a stripped down version of, of, of the songs to make it uh, easier to translate when I'm, you know, sort of doing a singer songwriter talking about the songs uh, with the idea of being an advocate for mental health and uh, mental illness. So are you talking about, like, are you actually talking about the songs, like with words, like spoken words on the album in between the songs or, or what do you mean by that? No. So my, my idea was this, to have an album mm -hmm. that uh, would have songs and have lyrics that you could look at and you can do that. Um, but, uh, you know, for the ability to go around and speak to different audiences, uh, whether they be virtual or otherwise about what the songs meant to me, why I wrote them, how they helped me during times of trouble. Uh, you know, and it helps tell a story about, uh, you know, my journey through dealing with mental illness. And because I realized that the music has really been a constant throughout all of those uh, difficulties. So I, I thought it was, it's, it's, it's really just a, a tool to get to the story. Mm -hmm. you know yeah i know and entertain too like it's it's like well no I, I hear yeah <laughs> I, I just want to jump in real quick go on ahead thing you said there like them it being a tool um so one thing i'll share with you um i share it pretty often but i decided uh last january 1st um i've been thinking about it for a while but to stop drinking um and so my last drink was on last January 1st. So it's been like a year and some change. And basically oh. the thing that I've found this past year is yeah. How much like arts and music and writing are my medicine um, that yeah. don't, that don't destroy me. Um, <laughs> like uh so when you were talking about yeah music being a tool to like help like i can definitely i definitely look at it, like i revere art both like 
intellectually and also personally on my own journey, um, art is like, it's crucial to me. It's life-saving to me. So question, um, why and what do you mean by mental chillness? Well, mental chillness is a concept that I came up with because it sort of lines up with mental illness, but uh, flipping the script and saying, well, mental illness, uh, you know, is a, is a real thing to deal with, but it can be looked at as a gift. So my, my chillness can come from insights I've gained through dealing with mental illness. Um, and even if you don't, you know, suffer from a, um, a diagnosis of, you know, like bipolar, like, like I am, or, you know, ADHD or something like that. Uh, we all deal with anxiety and depression. And that's something I think everybody can relate to. So, you know, you know, going back to tools, using, using your, your bag of tricks of if I'm feeling anxious, I do this, maybe I go do some jumping jacks, or, you know, maybe if I'm feeling down, I play some guitar, you know, whatever it is, maybe some people cook, whatever that tool is it's helping to, to to discover that tool and um take those uh those times that uh you know you go through and reflect on them and see how they can really you don't feel like they've taken away from your life experience they've they've gathered to it so that that's that's what mental chillness we're achieving mental chillness through our illness <laughs> mm -hmm. So. Uh, and I usually ask this question like later in the conversation, but sounds like a good place to go ahead and put it. Uh, where can people find that album um, and follow kind of what you're doing? Well, I have a link for Duct Tape Halo is my uh, stage name for, for music. It's uh, Duct Tape with one T, Halo, H-A-L-O. And it is on Bandcamp. So ducttapehalo.bandcamp.com uh, and there's four albums up there, but Mental Chillness is the one with the uh, crazy looking Pac-Man dude. Shouldn't say Pac-Man because I don't want to get a copyright thing, but whatever. It, it, it is it is what it is. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the lyrics are there. You can either listen for free or you can purchase it, uh, download, you know, I think it's $10 or pay what you want. Um, and I have a website called danvictordoes.com, which is dedicated to um, art, music, and mental health. So I'm really taking, you know, it's it's sort of saying, well, what, what is my purpose as an artist and a musician? Because, you know, Alec, you and I have been around and, you know, we've done the open mics, we've done the DIY thing, we've gone and done it, you know, any which way. Um, and it, it's difficult to find and define what success is. And, you know, to me, if, if I'm trying to define what success as an artist is, is just being able to do it. You know, I've been, been able to facilitate and still survive and, and thrive creatively. Um, and, you know, it's also saying, well, where can I give back? What do I have a value to, uh, you know, because I think that as as any kind of an entertainer or or you know job you want to feel as though that you uh you have something to contribute and you know i feel like my what i've gone through can if that can help someone else that's where i can be of value and i can um 
also fulfill seek fulfillment for myself and help other people to realize that fulfillment is what um will really you know give some lasting um you know give, give some lasting um comfort and 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 serenity uh when we're feeling like you know we're going through this existential crisis that i think a lot of people are going through right now you know my job what is my job my job is not what it was my relationships are not what they were my you, you know you know they say follow your bliss but when your bliss is blocked off what you you know where do you go from there so um you know people people are looking within maybe and that's a great place to start um you know because that's that's where the answers are i think yeah i definitely double tap um cosign that um the answers are within um so speaking of kind of thinking about your journey what you've been through kind of how would you describe your journey today wow well my journey today like at this at the, this day or like just current however you want to um <laughs> describe it like when you're talking about you know you want your journey to help other people on their journey um kind of what part would you kind of want somebody to like learn from well i'll i guess you know my my past the past couple of years and a breakdown is is sort of what i would define as my most uh, significant challenge uh, to put it mildly uh you know so uh to share with you also i am in recovery i haven't had a drink or a drug in going on over 11 months so it'll be 12 months a year in February 24th, which I'm pretty, pretty excited about. It's been, it's been necessary and it's, it's given me clarity. Uh, there's that. I've also been dealing with, um, you know, after I had a prolonged episode with um, mania and it was fueled a lot by doing uh, drugs, <laughs> you know, but it was also through uh, the career that I had uh, in it. You know, after I had been uh, editor for this, I was editor in chief of a website called Pop Dust, and it offered me a lot of opportunity, and uh, it it put me in a place I'd never been. It put me in a power of authority, um, and also the ability, to, which I felt to to do to make some you know impact, you know, positive impact, and I felt like I was doing that, but. Uh, my addiction had gotten away from me. Um, I was high all the time, whether it was smoking weed or doing Adderall or Coke or whatever, drinking. It was really, I lost sight of personal, you know, health, taking care of myself. Because um, without health and, and mental clarity, there is nothing, you know, all this stuff, you just, you can lose it like that. Um, so, you know, after I had left Pop Dust, uh, you know, I went pretty, you know, down a rabbit hole of, of depression and I, uh, checked myself in to, uh, I called 911. I wanted to hurt myself, uh, in April, 2019, was it 2019? Yeah. April, 2019. Um, I, uh, checked myself into the mental hospital and, uh, that was beginning of another journey of, uh, rehabilitation, 
from my, uh, not, not just, you know, I had, I had uh, the drug addiction, but I was also dealing with how do I cho choose to, uh, how do I choose to approach my life now? Because I, I had lost the ability to interact with other people. I wasn't uh, making much music or art and it wasn't really making me happy. I was trying to do things. I'm really not able to work. Um, what do, you know, how do I, how do I deal with this? You know, as a 40 something year old guy, you know, I don't have those things that I thought I would at this age. I don't have the security that I thought I might, um, you know, the savings that I had had, uh, you know, I had to use to pay things. And, and it eventually, you know, I, I struggled with stopping using drugs. Uh, and then I did, and then I went back to them. And when I went back, uh, like, uh, you know, over, just over a year ago, it was, um, you know, it was, it was catastrophic. And I, I went to another place where I didn't want to be, you know, dark, dark places. And, um, you know, but I, you know, I pulled myself out again. And, you know, by grace of God, really, I mean, my spirituality has been strengthened through this. My, um, you know, I don't necessarily mean religion, I just mean my, my connection to a higher power. And that, that, higher power I realized for me is, is music is, is really music. It's, it's that feeling when you're on stage and you connect to that audience and you're all, all one, you know, we're all part of the same being and organism that, that to me really, you know, clues me into, well, you know, I am not just me, my personality, I am a part of something greater and, you know, and it's a privilege and, and trying to remember that gratitude, uh, you know, and compassion, you know, gra gratitude and compassion. Those are the two things that I try to uh, remember when I'm not feeling my best. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so yeah, that, that, I mean, that's, that's the journey I'm, I'm, I'm talking about and it's still a struggle, you know, but you know, every day, just like little things, it's cumulative. It's not just one thing. It's, it's not like, okay, now I've graduated. It's, it's a constant diligence and uh, pursuit and, you know, be kind to yourself when you feel like you screwed up. It's not the end of the world. You have another chance tomorrow to get it right or to get it better. Um, you know, I think we are our harshest critics. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, speaking from the eye perspective, I can act out when I feel that I'm not acting my best. And it's weird how we, you know, project that onto someone else. And I think that that can be, we can learn more about ourselves. We can treat each other better. And I think that that is uh, something that we need very much right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for some reason, it was just making me think of something. Um, I was actually on another podcast this morning uh, and just talking about the journey. And like for me, a lot of times right now, I'm kind of been getting back into acting and I'm like writing and I'm making music too. But like when I talk about my journey right now, sometimes I talk about the five years that I wasn't acting um, and sitting here talking to you just reminded me of one of my favorite memories as an artist. But this is, I think it'll be an interesting jumping off point was with you um, at Webster Hall. Um, oh, yeah. What's interesting about that type of moment is like it is you do have these moments where like 
it feels like things come together and they do. Um, and that kind of, you know, that set the stage for the next couple of years of events that happened. Um, but one of my favorite things about right now, as hard as it's been, is the fact that, yeah, what we have today, we might not have tomorrow. And that's a double-sided coin. So it's like, yeah, don't take anything for granted. Also, you know, anybody who's listening, it's like, if you are struggling right now, um, if you're not where you want to be right now, that has nothing to do with where you can go tomorrow. Like it can all change. It can just, it will all change always. Yes. Um, it's just sort of, <laughs> and then to speak to what you were talking about, I agree. Like it actually comes down to the small day-to-day -day consistent like work um, towards the thing you say you want to do. Um, that will shape what happens. You can't control what happens either. So it's like, you can't control it, but there is something about when you like show up day to day, focused and working in a humble way. Like it's, it's weird. Um, that's how like things move, you know? So we, 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 you know, and I'm, I was thinking as you're talking too, you know, when you're talking about the Webster hall, I think, you know, Alec, you, you and I have shared some very, um, well, wonderful memories. I mean, I, I have, there, there's, a, there's a lot of points in time where, where you've been, um, you know, a, a high, a high point of, uh, part of a high point in my, in my musical career. And, and just in terms of interaction at, 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 at any point, you know, uh, the Webster hall, that was an amazing evening. I mean, but just that, that period in time of when we were doing that, the, I am the third together. I mean, I was very grateful to be a part of that, you know, that, um, you know, to be, be a member of a collective that was contributing towards that, you know, like pushing that thing forward. And, and I, I loved it. There was a, I, I'm looking back about, you know, the music videos we made about, uh, you know, even before that potion collective where, you know, that I found that particular, uh, you know, situation in a, in a time when I was dealing with, you know, I was coming out of dealing with a, with a, with a crew that was very surrounded around drugs too. And when I got to be around potion, it was like, wow, there are these people who are doing stuff that I actually care about. They they're doing things. They're not just hanging out, you know, and that, that's the one thing is I, I, I want to be around people that are um, in, inspired in the same way I am. That doesn't mean that other people don't have value in their own way, but it, it keeps me moving, you know, when I see that other people. And so if I do that on the same thing, like just, just for instance, um, something I didn't really mention, cause it's a little piece of, uh, what I was doing during the summer during COVID was, uh, so I was doing the Dan and Victor does. And I had this idea that I also wanted to do a sort of a tiny desk type, uh, thing, but I had gotten evicted from my old place uh, in July. And after I found a new place after running around, I mean, that's a whole other story. Uh, but, um, you know, in the middle of <laughs> just 
everything and try, you know, dealing with, with sobriety, dealing with mental illness, going to therapy, taking medication, you know, it's like every, I've, I've been going to therapy every week, you know, you know, and keeping all of that together, I said, well, there was this garden in Bushwick that was a reclaimed space and there was a stage and I had this vision to do an open mic and the experience that we had at Potion Collective really informed what I wanted to achieve with, with the open mic, you know, the flavor of it it's saying, okay, well, I saw that, you know, you were the host. So to me, you were the, you know, you were the face of what I identified with as Potion Collective and, you know, you emceed it in a way that, um, made everyone feel as though they were equally a part of it. And I thought that that was super important to, uh, you know, you need to feel as though when you come to an open mic, everyone is listening to you. Everyone is giving you the same respect. And it is about respect. You're respecting these people, good, bad, whatever level you're at, you're deserving of respect and uh, appreciation as much as I am. And through art, we can really achieve like that, that compassion and that creative compassion um, so, so the open mic ended up being really good. And through that, I met these other artists that I ended up doing this, uh, interview series called DVD, uh, D DVD concerts. So Dan Victor does trying to do this whole branding thing. So I had a six part, uh, podcast. I just well, got the DVD. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. It goes deep. I, I think, <laughs> um, so so yeah, so so I wanted the idea was like I wanted to do DVD concerts, like the the interview and tiny desk thing, similar to what I was doing with Pop Dust Presents, um, when I would do live uh, interviews and performances. But you know, something that was a little bit more focused with me off camera, featuring the artists more. So it wasn't like it was like a two way interview. It was a two way camera. It was just one thing. So there's that, and then um, the mental chillness was talking about things and. I discovered that playing guitar, going live and playing guitar, that was another. So, so I had to like say, well, I want this and then I want this and then kind of let that just be it and let that be enough and not try to do any, everything in the world, even though, you know, I, I like a lot of things. Um, trying to decide what to do as opposed to what not to do, because uh, that that's also another thing that I think, um, you know, it's hard as an artist who's, you know, I mean, like yourself, you have a lot of different aspects and talent um, and, and areas of interest that you could do, you know, I mean, like, like, I'm, I like painting, but painting is something, you know, that I have a skill at, but is that is that what brings me my most happiness, you know, and, and I have to say it's um, finding, finding what brings you joy is 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 can be difficult because sometimes it's wrapped up in ego and you know who people see you as what 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 do you what is your identity if my identity is an artist then people see me as this and they treat me like this i like that but is that giving me what i want is that giving me what i need i think is is really you know and because we're looking for out for outside sources to validate uh um you know, certain things that we can be giving ourselves. So if we can give ourselves those things, where is the, what is left? Where is that component where it's like, I can, I can give and receive. And, um, and for me, that's what, that's where music, but also speaking, you know, and I, I love that you're doing the podcast. I, I've been following the, uh, the podcast for a little while now. And, uh, and I love to see 
you know, from a distance, you know, how you and some, some other folks like, uh, like Bill Bartholomew, he's doing his, his thing, which is really interesting to listen to. And I just, you know, like, uh, and with Chris Carr too, like what he's gone through and, and what he's been doing. I was, I, I was a little bit part of, um, his scene Bushwick wildlife when I was doing low profile hip hop, that was another entity of music and, and, and people that I was working with. And, um, you know, and Steve, he, he was, he was a part of that, like, you know, that, that common thread between you, you and I, and it's, it's, you know, this interconnectivity that, you know, we can't isolate ourselves or, or separate ourselves from, you know, um, and sometimes we forget about that. Like, I know I do, I forget about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, there, I have this friend, <laughs> you know, there are these people. And sometimes it's like, you know, we feel alone in, in, in what we're going through and we're like, no, we're never alone. Um, but I remember that being the thing that, um, I felt so strongly at my, at my darkest was feeling how alone and sep separated from, from any, you know, any kind of happiness and, uh, or associating happiness with being around other people. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> But you're doing. You seem to be doing better now. Yes. Yeah. And when did mental chillness come out? Uh, when mental chillness came out on January twenty first of twenty twenty one. I thought the the numerology was good, and part oh, of the yeah that day. Yeah. 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 It was the first day that uh, that uh, that Trump was no longer in office. <laughs> the first full day, anyway. <laughs> I thought it that was, was also interesting. Yeah, a day where like all these numbers lined up, like which they'll only do one every um, hundred, like the next one will be in a hundred years. Yeah. The yeah. one, 21, 21, 21. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, the 21st 21. century, the 21st day of the 21st year, so um, something like that. Hour, minute. Yeah. Like there was like, one <laughs> moment where all the numbers like lined up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was rushing, you know, it's funny because I, I recorded it and I had no intention of making it a full album. I was just like, well, you know, this is my live set. I want to, you know, show, okay, this is what I'm doing currently. I'm not doing it with a band. I'm just doing it acoustic. And then it became, oh yeah, I could do this. And then add this and add that. And, and I, I had recorded it on Friday the 13th in November, 2020. And I was editing it. And then the more I edited it, the more I was like, oh, wow, I could make this sound pretty good. And then I said, well, if I'm going to really do it and people are going to listen to it more than once, I should really take, take the time to make it nice. So I was rushing to finish mastering it to get it done by that date. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and I had finished it about a week before and I was like, okay, cool. Cause I wanted to make sure I got it out on that date. For some reason that date felt very important. Um, so let me ask you, cause um, you know, of course, touring with that but like as far as touring and that kind of thing we're kind of you know we're waiting but I think it is a great time for creating things for looking within for getting clear about like what we want to do and for people like us and people like you um who do have different things when you were doing pop dust there was a period of time when you were pretty happy doing that right Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't an unhappy time. I, mm. I think that's the thing. Um, 
know, a lot of people in recovery may not want to touch on is that there's a lot of good times and it's not just about using drugs. I mean, at least not for me, it was sort of, it went with like a lot of the things like, for instance, I, I remember covering governor's ball and I was going and interviewing some people. And I remember I took some acid and, you know, it was like one piece of the whole experience and really, you know, in a way was, was beautiful. Uh, there was a, I think Silk City was this thing with Mark Ronson. And I was like, it just these observations about youth and how they approach, you know, music and what their first musical experience is at a festival and how I'm like judging it as like this old, old head. Like, I remember this kid came up to me and he's like, yo, can you dab me out? I'm like, what are you talking about that? I don't even know what that is. And I realized that I'm sitting there eating a gyro with a fanny pack. And I look like the guy you buy drugs from. <laughs> I'm like, I know that that's not, that's not, what, <laughs> that's not what I'm supposed to look like, but I realized that's what I look like. And I'm like, it, so it's just this really weird, um, you know, place to find yourself in. And, uh, and it's just like little moments like that. I mean, but beyond that, I found moments where I was, I was like humbled to be in, you know, like in a, in a venue or, or talking to an artist. Like there was one artist that I spoke to, um, his name is Craig Wadron and he was the lead singer of a band called Shudder to Think. And Shudder to Think was like one of my favorite bands when I was in, in college. And you know, we would listen to the to the, the cassette in the, in the car, you know, and just sing along. and. I got to interview him and I was totally blown away and, you know, and he's, you know, doing his own thing, but he had done music for, uh, um, a lot of, uh, like, like he, he'd done a lot of stuff for Netflix then, you know, and went on to do, do that, like, uh, and write songs for that. And, um, you know, and he was super nice guy and he hugged me, went out to a show, you know, he sang a song with me on camera one of the songs that I used to love and I had mentioned it to him like, Oh yeah, you know, I love this song, uh, X French t-shirt. And he's like, Oh yeah, let me, let me start playing it. And I'm like, no way you're blowing my mind right now. So, so yeah, like there's, there's a lot of really great memories. Do you see yourself like after this, do you have any interest in doing that kind of work again? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I was afraid of it for a little while because of my experiences and, um, you know, not want to be tempted by situations or maybe am I strong enough to do this? Do, do I have it? Do I have what it takes? You know, was I there by an accident? And I, and I believe that it's uh, taken me a little while to get my confidence back. But yes, I, I, I absolutely feel that not only can I do it, but I feel like I have something valuable in terms of help bringing consciousness that needs to be in the business of entertainment. Um, you know, there needs to be somebody who, who has a safeguard against, you know, some, and I don't want to say evil, but there can be some real evil, like that's out there, you know, some, some real manipulative forces that, you know, are seeking to exploit people. And I think the more, the more people whose intentions are, are good, the, the, the intention is to build up instead of tear down or, or take away, uh, I think, you know, those people need to be there for, for people who, were like myself that maybe were a little naive and in, in, in jumping into uh, some experiences. Hey, you know, maybe I can pass along some knowledge. Hey, watch out or not even just watch out, but here, here, let me, let me encourage you in this way. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, 
I definitely. It's short, short answer, long answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting, like thinking about regret and that type of thing. But then, like, I'm in a place right now where I really feel like everything happens in its time. Um, it's what you make it. But sometimes it's like you think you wanted something before, but realizing maybe I wasn't ready for it. And like maybe everything that I went through is preparing me for what I'm actually supposed to do. I think like that's a really important thing to like come to. Like every day of your life, I think, and we'll come off of it and it's in cycles, but if you can come back to this thing of like, everything that came before served to prepare you for this moment because it did. Yes. Like that's just absolutely true. You know? Yeah. You put it perfectly, Alec. I mean, that's like, I, I, I feel like that completely. It's like one thing needed to happen in order for you to get there. And that that's not just about, you know, reconciling about, uh, you know, saying, okay, well, I don't regret this experience because it taught me this and sort of, you know, hum, being humbled about it, but, but realizing that I welcome this experience, even though it didn't give me what I expected or wanted, it gave me what I needed. And, and that, uh, and that realization sort of is like, is a way to sort of per, take a future um, look at, you know, challenges and saying it didn't happen the way I wanted it to and not letting that get to you. You know, like there's, there's feels like there's a lot of instant disappointment when something doesn't go your way, but realizing I don't know how this is going to impact my future self. So let me just go with it. Um, and that that also was like part of mental chillness. It's like, hey, man, you know, let's <laughs> let's let's be good with with what we you know, maybe what we're not getting because we don't know how that that's going to that that's going to benefit us. It's it's just the way it is. And and, you know, trying to uh, discover how that fits into the grand scheme things is, is part of what's fun, you know, being excited about that, mm -hmm. you know. As I'm gearing up for like, you know, the next kind of, this is still, it was kind of like I took a mid season, I don't even know pause, but I slowed down on the episodes a little bit. Um, I was changing some career, some outside work things uh, and getting back to the podcast and thinking about the different people that I wanted to talk to. And it being the beginning of the year, I felt like it's a good, good time to like sit down and talk with you. Um, not necessarily rehash old things, but kind of just say, and like, as we're talking, I realize I might want to talk to Steve also mm. because it's been a while. Um, but just sort of, you know, we were in a band together for a few years. We were in Potion Collective before that. Um, we went, or we ended up going our separate ways. Uh, we've also still worked together a little bit post the band. Um, but just to say, you know, I see you. I think that there are a lot of things that we share in common. We've definitely shared experiences. Um, and also like, there's a reason why we did work together um, for the time that we did. And yeah, I just wanted to reach out 
talk with you, connect and just let you know, you know, that I support you and I see what you're doing. Um, I also do a lot of work on mental health, probably should do it, like see a therapist <laughs> at some point. Um, it's been a little tricky with navigating the the great healthcare system that we have. Yes. Um, <laughs> but um, at the same time, I'm in a pretty good place. Like I've been doing a lot of mental work on my own, um, which isn't quite the same, but having these conversations uh, for me, not drinking has been a really good move. Um, and yeah, like writing, doing the writing, doing the meditating uh, has all been good. And, but I also think, as you were saying earlier, the things that we do, like that we need validation for um, and that we can validate ourselves we can, and also at the same time, we also still do need each other to like recognize each other. So yeah. that's like part of what the whole podcast is about also is just sort of, and in this case specifically, like, yeah, man, it's like, hey, I know you, I know what you're capable of, I know what you do. Like I actually understand and respect it, so. Oh yeah, Alex. Here, you I'm know, pretty, you do I'm know. Just rooting for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you I'm so saying. much, man. It does mean a lot. I mean, it means a lot that you reached out because it's like it it it, it you know, there's actually I I've I've done a little bit other stuff like because of being open about my mental illness. I wrote an article called The Music of Mental Illness and it's on it's on my site, but it's it, I wrote it to be published on this other um I've been asked to write it write something about my experience and I wrote this thing and it, you know, it, it talks a little bit about my, you know, my history of addiction and, and, uh, but it talks about really how music saved my life and, you know, that particular story. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moments in time and that, that, uh, I'm so grateful to have experienced and lived the life that I've been living. I mean, I'm, um, and living in a place of gratitude for those, you know, opportunities, it, it, you know, it, it all, it all does come together. Like with, with you, you, you coming and asking me, I sent out this record and I don't know if that's that, that, gives me something to talk about that's current, but it does sort of offer this thing of like, yes, I'm continuing to push with music. I've rediscovered that I don't need to shape myself in a different way to have people digest it. I need to be me to the best ability that I can be. And when I'm, that's who I am, it's like, take it or leave it. You know, you, there, there is somebody out there who is willing or is, is is not just willing but enthusiastic about what you have to give there's um, somebody out there that needs what you have to give yes yes you know and you know and the only reason i know that to be true is because along the way it, it's like i mean alec you've, you and i've had so many conversations about you know what inspires us and and what we feel like we need to be doing and you know you are a doer like that's why dan victor does is danvictordoes.com is like i struggled with what do i you know brand this is like one it's me i'm doing this you know i'm not just talking about it i'm not just 
um, you know, theorizing about it, you know, after a night of having some drinks or something, it's like, so, Hey, yeah, I talked about it. I wrote it down, but now I'm putting it in action. And I think, um, that is where, you know, and I'm not trying to be critical of anyone necessarily, but I think it can be very easy to get caught up in the, you know, in the fantasy and, um, realizing that it doesn't have to be a fantasy, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 I've had this experience recently, like trying to explain this. So I have a new kind of mentor that I've been happy to find, um, in, in the acting world, but she's like, (laughs) like, um, more than an acting teacher. Like she, she does other things as well. So that's why as soon as I went into her studio and it was like a mindset class, um, I thought I, oh, I'd get something out of it. But it's like the first day I was just floored. My jaw was just on the floor, just like, wow. I thought I would get something out of it. And sitting here, I realized this is kind of the thing I've been missing. Um, Because I'm sitting here listening to like what she does and I'm like, how the how does she do all of this on that level? Like, it just, like, you know what I mean? You hear a lot of people talk. Yeah. um, And a lot of people are doing really well in one thing and maybe talk about some other things, but they're not really doing those other things. And and she is. And, like, part of it is about um, kind of the thing that, like, business people do, like, as far as, like, setting goals, like, actually writing them down and, Um, A thing I've found about that recently is it's like, you have to, it's not setting realistic goals, but it is, it's sort of like set crazy pie in the sky goals for like your life. Like, and it's not crazy, but like actually say what the things are that you want, but then like Mm -hmm. kind of break them down in time. So put something like a year out. And it's like, if you, have kind of been away or you haven't been pursuing that thing that you really want, then it's kind of, you do have to be a little bit reality based on your year long goal, you know, and then you can be a little bit more of a dreamer on your five or three year goal. Right. But what I've found is if you do that and you start like actually writing that every year, kind of what happens is, some of your like realistic year long goals, you'll surpass. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden your next like year goal can be, it would have been pie in the sky to do it before, but because you like, you know what I mean? Because you've been yeah. practicing doing this and it's like, it's not just setting goals. It's not just thinking. I think people will like misunderstand like the law of attraction and the secret. And they're like, Oh, that's bullshit. It's like, it's not bull. Like if you think about <laughs> things and actually focus on those things, it's hard not to start doing them. If you actually like maintain your focus, um, you know what I mean? You do There's have to a do logical. There is a logical thing. It's not just magic. You know, yeah. it's not, it's not this white wizard, like crystal thing that I think people, it, you know, and it's it's very easy to get trapped in the, well, it's the mystic arts and, you know, and liking that it's this mystical thing. But, you know, I like that there is a chan- tangibility of it. And 
for me, it's a daily meditation, uh, you know, defining what meditation is for, mm -hmm. for many people. It's different. Um, for me, um, when I say my prayers, what I'm doing is, is I'm saying affirmations about yeah. what it is that I see myself as and what it is like. It's helped me to define what I, you know, what do I like about myself? What do I want to improve about myself? And uh, self self improvement um, helps us get closer to like like when we realize who we are, who the essence of who we are is, what we what we value, you know. Because I I've always felt that ethics are an important part of, you know, what you believe in right and wrong is 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 important because when when you understand what's right and wrong, if you're not acting in what you believe to be your ethical code, then you're you're really hurting yourself if you're not acting to what you believe is right. If you're doing yeah. something that you believe to be wrong, then you're hurting yourself. Um, yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it messes with your head. Um, so like I, I helps me want to define what it is that I want to, that, that what I, I want to accentuate. Cause sometimes you, you, you have these really great things about yourself. You're like, you know, I really like being a, um, I like being, uh, you know, exercising is great, great one. You know, I, I really love exercising, running is, you know, that's who, I, that's part of who I am, but then you forget that's part of who you are and you, you, you know, you end up doing some other stuff, but it's like when you, you know, make room in your life for those things that, you know, I like to journal. Okay. Making journaling, maybe you don't do it every day, but you always come back to it. And the, and the practice of coming back is what, you know, I try to make it be about, it's not about what you do. It's not that you didn't do it today. It's not that you're, you're, you're promising yourself and breaking a promise to yourself that you're going to do it tomorrow. It says it's realizing I'm going to come back to this. And that is my intention, whether it's today, tomorrow, or the next week, I am going to come back to this. Mm -hmm. um, and then realizing that it's inevitability. You don't have to worry. You put it in God's hands, you put it in the universe's hands. And, you know, the evidence is, when you see these things happening, it's like, wow, there's things that are outside of what I can conceive of that are yeah. happening here. Right. Yeah. Like, like you, you, you contacting me, you're going through things in your life. I'm going through things in my life somehow that, you know, they collided because there's things that are happening outside of our control and they're like, Oh yeah. Hey, what's up? You know? And then it, it just, it's really amazing. And it does seem miraculous, but it's, um, it's understanding the nature of like, like understanding the nature of what this life is about and realizing that we don't have it all figured out. We won't ever have it figured out, but gotta like, just be willing to uh, go along for the ride sometimes um, and practice uh, just, just practice. Uh, well, going along for the ride, but practice these, these, these goals, um and visualize visualization that's another one there's all these little things i mean it's it's funny you know like i i, I sometimes forget you know all of the things i do but i on one thing i will say is that for for those affirmations i have written out and i've revised them over and over again but every day i wake up they're on the wall so i cannot like not look at them and it's like okay well i take there and i have <laughs> you're gonna laugh but i have my crystal that i hold on to and I, I i look at it and i and i read it and i say it aloud and i say it every day and sometimes i find my willingness to do that less uh -huh. and, I, and i'm aware of that i make awareness of that so that's that's going towards being mindful you know and being mindful i am mindful when i say these things i, I try to be careful about my speech 
and mm -hmm. um you know being being aware and being conscious it's like it's it's i don't know it just you know i find myself getting frustrated sometimes and i say well this is an opportunity it's not uh <laughs> it's not, it you know don't don't beat myself up i don't know there's so much of it you could talk about yeah I mean, that's a more. that's a big one i think it, that i try to like impart and share from my journey which is like while we're working on things and when i like that studio works heavily on mindfulness um which is just really cool to me because it's still about being i mean right now it's the focus really is a lot of mindful work but in before like so she's about you know work on your technique like you have to be a really good at acting too like it's not just mindfulness however i do believe in anything that you do like if you want to be a doctor if you want to be an athlete if you want to be an actor if you want to be a singer if you want to be a producer you're going to do better work if you are more mindful like if you're mentally healthy which is like basically like a thing about mental health is i have some things um but it's not just about like when i'm depressed it's also like working on my mental health i can treat the same way like working on my body i shouldn't just go to the gym when I'm like out of shape, <laughs> like it's like, it's good for me to go when I'm in good shape. In fact, it's like, what, what that does is like, if I'm healthy, then when I'm depressed or then when I like get sick or something like physically, my body's are like, my body's more able to deal with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, um, a practice. it's a practice. It's not, yeah. it's not just a thing you do to get this result, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if I get injured, like one, probably I'll heal quicker. Like if I'm moving my body regularly anyway, but also like if I were to get injured and yeah, be careful about speaking those things. I do not right. want to get in. I'm not inviting that. <laughs> um, uh, but like, if it were to happen, um, a lot like physical therapy is really hard because I train martial arts regularly. I'm used to doing things at this point. I don't <laughs> like, there's a point, like there are days where it's like easy, but there are plenty of days in martial arts where it's like, this is not like, I wouldn't call this fun in the moment after it's after you feel good. You know what I mean? But in the moment, it's just like, I, you know, could not be doing this, but then at the same time, it's like, you find yourselves in those moments sort of, yeah. Like, it's like, I also feel better than mindlessly playing a video game or, you know, even in the moment of struggle, True. I'm like, but I'm doing this. And, and the so thing that's that's crazy too is sometimes playing a video game is just fine. That's you know? true. And it's exactly. and it's like you know it's the you know it's it's how we define these things and how we see what we're doing. Are we defining these things as good actions or or bad actions or or mm -hmm. just like maybe not good or bad? But is this beneficial or is this not beneficial? And um, you know, 
like for me, it's also setting realistic goals, like physical goals, because one of the things that happened as most people, a lot of people can relate to during the pandemic is I gained a lot of weight and, you know, understanding that the health is not just attached to self-confidence because I, I found that's interesting as I gained weight, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm still like, I feel like, like I'm an attractive person. I feel good about the way I look, but I'm heavy. <laughs> it's not good because I can't move around the same way that I used to. Um, I noticed that my clothes don't fit and I'm not happy about that. I'd like my clothes to fit. And, um, you know, but, but I also witnessed that my confidence isn't derived from my physical appearance. Right. Um, it, part of it is how I feel, you know, and I said, well, you know, then the health thing does come into effect where it's like, well, I want to run, but I had my, my foot was broken. And, and, you know, I realized that it, it, it wasn't that it's broken this, I have severe arthritis in one of my big toes. Mm -hmm. So it's painful to walk. I wear special shoes, but you know, I also realized that running gave me something that I kind of did throughout my life and, and being away from that. I recently said, well, I want to try to get back into that, but it's a slow process to get there. I can't be mad at myself because I'm not running five times a week. Um, you know, I do as much as I can do and to work up to running. I just started running last week. Now it's snowing. What am I going to do? Can't go outside. Not, I don't have gym, gym membership, but I'm doing push-ups. and push-ups was the thing and saying, okay, well, I can't do push-ups like that because I, I, you know, my, I can't do them right. So look, do, do it with bended knees, just do as much as you can with as little as you can and then work up. Yeah. And, you have to start from where you are. Yeah. So, so like for me, it's like, I went from doing knee push-ups to doing, to doing a hundred push-ups, you know, and we're maybe doing 20 at a time, you know, and then, you know, doing 30 or whatever it is. It's just like, and then witnessing yourself getting stronger. That's really where I think the magic is. It's not about how much you can do or how much you, you, you eventually can do. It's like, wow, I can actually have an impact upon my physical ability. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, that's also saying something about your mental. Um, and that's a physical thing too. Um, but there is like this, I don't know, there, there's like the tangible and the intangible. And, you know, you start to make that connection. You're like, wow, that, that actualization stuff can be applied in a, in a variety of ways. Um, so I don't know that it, it does get exciting because it, it can be very frustrating, especially when, you want to be running and you can hardly walk. I think that's a great metaphor for a lot of things. It's just, you know, having faith, faith is a, faith is a really big thing. Um, yeah. It's like, I think that that's something It's like, yeah, when you want to run, but hardly walk, then hardly, then start hardly walking. <laughs> don't sit there. Don't lie down because you can only hardly walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the same time, if you need to lie down and take a rest, don't beat yourself up over that. Like, yeah, just realize it's going to take however long it's going to take. And, you know, and, and I think that that's the thing. It's like if either if we don't get it right away, then uh, then it's never going to happen. And I think um, the lesson is, no, it's it's it, it's not going to happen maybe in the, the time that you might expect it to. So that talks about expectations. Um, your expectations can shape your feeling on what happens, you know, so maybe change the way you see things 
you know, you expect things to happen, like, especially with music. I expected to be a big music, you know, you know, big, big star by this time. I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know, like, why am I not? You know, now I'm like, oh no, I'm too old. But you know what? I have to say, this is something I didn't recently realize, but Tina Turner. Now, Tina Turner didn't become a, you know, the big success that she is as an, as a solo artist until she was in her forties. And I didn't realize, I thought she was just big from when she was young, but that's really more looking back on her previous career before she got big. And I'm like, wow, you know, you know, it, anything is possible. Tom Waits, another guy, he didn't get big until he was, you know, older. And well, I read something recently and it wasn't, it was talking about in general, like success and stuff like that like a lot of successful people, it's actually uh, between 40 and 60. Hmm. Um, and I think the thing with it is, is that we as a culture, we do celebrate younger people, like younger success. Um, and I think that is to be celebrated for sure, um, especially if they can reach that success and not burn out or go crazy yeah maintain like, I, yeah like i think you know now looking at it that's why i'm kind of like you know everything in its time because for me i'm glad i was able to sort some things out for myself experiment like with some things and you know make mistakes and reconfigure myself without being that much in the public eye, you know? So I can only imagine what happens. And then also like, honestly, like I still want to be wildly successful, but what that means is a lot different for me now. Like I kind of want it to be, I kind of want to be secretly wild, wildly successful. <laughs> like I want, you know, um, I want to still be able to be in the world. Well, let me ask you this, because that's, uh, you know, just to ask you a question, uh, or has there been anyone you witnessed someone else's success and said, well, that's more the way that I want to experience success? You know, this is how I used to think of it, but now I see that somebody else has this type of success. That's the that's more the type of success, the, the effect of that success. Is there someone like that? Uh, I can't think off the top of my head, but there are, yeah. I mean, there are people that I know who I've gotten to know recently, actually, who um, are on network TV. Uh, they're about 10, 15 years older than me. They write their own work as well. Um, and they are stage actors. There's this husband and wife team that popped into my head because I met them in the summertime. And they they were on the podcast like a few episodes back. Um, and basically it's like people definitely know them. Like one of them is on a network TV show. They've both been on network TV show. They've both directed network TV. Um, they've written plays that, that I knew about before, but they also live in Brooklyn and their day-to-day -day lives probably aren't much different than mine. Um, mm -hmm. They have more money than me. They have you know, more <laughs> success, but it's like, 
they have dogs um they have a young daughter now you know what i mean like um it's to me that looks a lot more attractive to me to be able to like to be able to go places and like have kind of a normal life um but where you are successful financially but it doesn't have to be like so much that you're separated from the world so it's like i want to learn and understand the billionaire mindset um but i don't know that i like i think being a billionaire is a it might be a gilded cage because yeah there are things i think you have to do at that point um i think it can be dangerous like if you're a billionaire and you want to just give it all away like i don't i have no idea but i could imagine <laughs> that there's like a secret like there's rules that you have to follow, like you know what i mean versus you've you've broke a billion now there's rules here's the handbook <laughs> i bet there like in a way you know what i mean um especially if people know like if you could be like if you could be a secret one that could be cool but like i don't yeah so you don't see how that's possible to be a billionaire and be secretly successful or secretly i definitely think it's secretly. possible i, I definitely I, think it's possible but i just think it's I don't know that, yeah, like it's an interesting question, but I just it's think a, there's- It's a thought, but that goes towards the visualization, you know, of, of how, how do you see your future? What, what do you see your future as? And um, and I guess it's like, you know, $250 million. Like- Nice, that's a great number. How do you need, how do you need, like, I don't know that I want to think that I would need more than that. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, at a certain point, what is it worth to accumulate that much wealth for like one person? You know what I mean? I um, I, I think about that sometimes too, because what it's is, like, what do you want? Is, what do you want the money for? You know, that's the thing I would ask people who have a lot of money. It's like, well, yeah. what do you want that money for? And And to me, it was like really asking myself that question. It's like, what do I want that money for? And and when I discovered that's like, this is why I want money. One, I want money for security because I realized what it is like to not have money or to be in debt, which I yeah. am. You know, two, uh, I want to have money because I want to be comfortable. I'm tired of living a certain way. I want to live a certain way and have things be just a certain way and not worry about it. It's it's peace of mind. It's it's lifestyle, but it's also the the kind of lifestyle I want doesn't necessarily require a lot of money. But I want to say that the things that I would like to do if I have the idea to do it or the kind of things of saying, hey, I'd like to be able to donate some money to this to this 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 group of kids yeah. because I see what they're doing is cool. I want to be able to say, yeah, I can do that and not have to worry about where that money's coming from. Um, I, I, I have an I, right now I'm visualizing two hundred fifty thousand dollars in my bank account. In my Bank of America checking account, two hundred fifty thousand. That is that is the number that I'm thinking. That is not all I want, but um, the reason that is is because I know that'll give me everything that I need to achieve the goals that I have at this moment in time. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I have an idea about doing this documentary about the garden I was a part of. Uh, that's that's another project that I, I'm working on. I, re- I realized that documentary filmmaking is something that as a project outside of myself as a musician, that is what I like to do. I like to document, uh, the, like you're in, in this sense that I think the podcast format is a documentation of what we're doing in the moment right now. Definitely. And, you, you know, and, and I think that there's something value about that. We're not just an artist in ourselves. There's, there's who we are and what we want to have personally, how we want to affect other people with what we do. Then there's, let me be part of a bigger project, you know, a team, you know, like that's why I see the documentary thing going, but it doesn't require me to be part of a system or such a big team that I lose sort of the tangibility of, of, of being, where do I fit in this process? You know, uh, you know, it's short, short, shorts, you know, short term goals, Um, you know, realizing what it is that I really like about um, storytelling, you know, I I love film, I love acting, I'm really, I'm really excited to see that series that what's the series that you're, that you're part of, I saw you post about it. Oh, yeah. So there's um, one we're having like the cast and crew screening on Saturday. Um, That's called unsustainable af yes um, an office comedy um and then uh just got cast in a fantasy pilot um and that one's called king's blade Um, wow cool yeah um yeah so i look forward to to those there's like another one that i did a couple of years ago um that was a lot of fun as well called forced community um i'm hoping I'm hoping something happens with that one because it was a lot of fun. But <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting, like shooting things like that. You don't like if you're not the producer because you don't like it's not in your hands what happens. But kind of to your point earlier about how those goals play out in those intangible things, it's like you can't control what happens, but even just doing the work like so first it's like auditioning and then it's like you get called back and the callback is really good um and then you do the thing and hopefully it like hopefully that thing blows up and everybody becomes millionaires you know i'm closer to that 250 <laughs> to start you know because then i'm gonna be like no nah, i want a billion <laughs> but um, i'm thinking 10 million i'll be set you know? i'm like i don't have to do anything ever again to, to make money i'll just live my life that's my yeah. number 10 yeah. million <laughs> well I'll be um, <laughs> but i think it's interesting how you know you do these things like your documentary like whatever it is and it's like maybe that thing becomes super successful but if not, like it's gonna take you to the next thing, no matter what. And it's yeah. just funny how how things interplay, how they work it, out, how they flow. It, what, what, man, you were saying this thing, and I, I sort of lost because I was got talking this other thing. But oh, the the you know you're talking about going to the callback, and do you ever feel like when you're in that process, it's like you're it, oh, I was thinking about desperation, the versus being desperate. Cause you're like going for a job interview because you really need the money or going on the job interview. Cause you want to improve your situation and you see, you know, you're aspiring for this. And I think there is a definite, that intention um, 
you know, acting out of desperation versus acting out of, so when that doesn't happen in the time in which that you, 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 you know, would like it to happen or, or, you know, believe you need it to happen, um, will affect you, uh, you know, can affect you negatively and not, not that you're, that I'm trying to put that message out there, but I think, you know, the idea is that we're acting not out of desperation, but when we do find ourselves in a desperate place, um, I find if we can say, well, listen, we're going to be taken care of one. I think one thing to say is I am loved, mm -hmm. you know, realizing that we are loved, we are loved. However, wherever you feel like that's coming from, you know, no one that I'm giving that to myself Two, you're loved by God and all that is in, in, the, in the world. Three, you know, there are people that love you. You may not be thinking of it at this, you know, conceive of who that is, but you are loved by these people. Um, so, you know, real, when you feel that you are loved or that you are taken care of, um, because I think being loved is, is, you know, the essence of, you know, what we really, you know, feel we need out of this life, you know, um, cause we all need love. I think it's, 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 it's silly to say that, no, man, I don't need love. <laughs> I got everything I need. Right now we need love. We need, we need, we need to love other people too. And, and I think, um, you know, when we love ourselves, we can truly love uh, other people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's just, just one of the things I thought about because that process, I was like thinking, man, going on a call by you, like, dude, this is just a bunch of bullshit, man. Can't I just get the part already? <laughs> Well, the thing though, like you have to enjoy the process. Like that's been like my big thing. And that particular one, I really wasn't like, I, I enjoyed that whole process. And I think it helps. Like it's, I knew I really enjoyed the process, like the, the project. Um, I found out about the project actually first on Actors Access, which is like a general um casting platform that actors agents and casting directors use but then that same studio that i was talking about somebody posted about it in the studio like hey we're we're casting this thing and i was like i actually uh, submitted for that um and she's and she was like okay i'll make sure you know to tell tell the people involved um that that you submitted one of my other friends also submitted for it um and she ended up in it as well. And basically for me, like getting the call back, um, just, I really enjoyed the process. Like in this one, there was some dialect work and back in the summertime, like when I cut my hair and everything, I was like, I think I need to, as an actor, kind of with my look changing a little bit, I need to work on my dialect work. So I have like more, range to be able to play with and yeah the role i got called back for i used the dialect for that particular role um so for me i celebrated the callback regardless of the outcome of whether i got the part or not i was celebrating this work that i put in in the summertime is paying off now in both skill and confidence and regardless of what happens, I feel even more confident playing with my dialect work and bringing that into my storytelling work in general. Um, How important do you think it is to acknowledge that you have, you know, the work that you did is affecting you today and not dismissing it? 
extremely important. Um, that's, that's, I think what I'm getting at is like, I think that's, well, don't get me wrong. I'm super happy with like the end result of being in the project. Um, and it's like an indie project where, you know, somebody wanted to do it. He created it. He wrote it, um, raised money for it, was successful with fundraising it. So it's like a very, you know, it's, it's an ambitious project with a lot of people involved who believe in it and are going to do their best work as well. It's the type of thing I want to do. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's super important instead of like focusing on the results that we can't control. So it's like, yeah, there's a job that you really want. I had this recently too. Um, I was trying to do another job actually for the past six months um, that was not aligned. It wasn't something that I, <laughs> it wasn't wrong, but it just wasn't yeah. right either ultimately. And it took me a long time to realize that. And I finally did. And then things have become clear. So at the beginning of this year, a friend of mine put me in touch with somebody who's a producer at CBS for like a writing gig. Oh, nice. That one, um, I had a great conversation on the phone, uh, but I think my email, like to submit my material, uh, was a little bit embarrassing, we'll just say. Um, so I kind of fell on my face with that one. But even with that, it's like if you realize, yeah, whether I get this thing or not, like don't focus on the small focus on the small things but don't sweat the sm the small things that are out of your control do your best but it's like if you slip up remember it's preparing you for the next thing you it's know a, yeah whatever whatever that that big thing that's coming to you is going to be inevitable just don't give up i think you know it's so you know you hear it and you're like oh it's so cliche anybody who's successful is just don't give up no matter what you do they don't explain that that means, you know, you know, that doesn't describe how you have to continue to stay motivated to continue on before that thing happens that we're like, cause it's focused on the result, the answer as the result, but the answer I think you touched on too, that's very important is the process, loving the process. Um, you know, you, you, <laughs> it, it, you know, learning to love the process. Uh, that, you know, that is that reminds me also the thing of don't give up. Um, there's a guy who I listen to um, and probably a different set of political beliefs than me. Um, <laughs> but I think he like what he has to offer just individual people on like how to like approach life. There's a lot of stuff that like really speaks to me. Um, and that's have you heard of Jocko Willink? No, I haven't. I'd be very curious for you to check him out. Um, okay. There's a, he released, instead of an audiobook, he released a book um, on iTunes, so on music platforms. So instead of an audiobook, it's tracks. And oh, this one's called Discipline Equals Freedom, a field manual. And Jocko <laughs> was a, or is a Navy SEAL trainer. So he okay. was a Navy SEAL, but then he also now trains Navy SEALs uh, and trains leadership and stuff like that. And one of his concepts is 
absolute ownership. So no matter what, like you own the situation, like your place in it, you can't control other people. You can't control situations. You have control over yourself. But one thing that he has talked about before is there is also tactical retreat. Mm. So mm-hmm. sometimes you do have to walk away from things, you know? Um, that's and it a, that's a mean- great lesson too. Not, I don't mean to cut you off, but it, it's just very interesting. There are opportunities that arise that you feel like, wow, I can't believe this fell on my lap. But realizing that the purpose of this coming into your life is so that you can say no. And sometimes. it's... That that is, uh, and sometimes you know, because because I think it's also times where that has happened, and I realize this sounds too good to be true, and I've said yes to it, and I've been burned, mm-hmm. um, and that lesson has said to me, okay, Daniel, Dan, you have to pay attention to is this truly what you need to be doing, not just because this thing came along. Um, it's it's I don't want to say a test, but it is a it is, it is something that's saying, hey, well, like, how focused are you on what it is that you you want to do? It's it's to not to divert you, but to to reaffirm that this is more yep. what my focus is. This that's, is where I have to have my attention. That's exactly what happened with this uh, survival job, which you know I'm not knocking that. I learned a lot from it because um, it was in sales. Um, and <laughs> oh, I get you. I've tried it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, basically, you know, what I found was that the thing I was struggling with was I know what I want to do as a creative artist. And I know specifically the work that I need to do right now, like more in some ways, more than ever. Like, it's like, more organized like my thoughts are more organized and it's like more clear specifically what i need to be doing right now there's still more organization to do and it's i'm an ambitious dude so it's like there's a lot of work when i was doing this other job to try to supplement my income i could not figure out how to make it work and still have like a brain a creative brain to do the creative work like i was able to i was still doing my creative work but it was suffering a little bit and it felt like i needed to put more time into this other work but it came down to like yeah mate like the only thing i could have done was to like really cut back on the creative work and do more of that work but that's not what and that would not be I think a wise move for me right now because it, in the end it'll pay off for you. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, that also goes to tell us like I have, I have a, I have a, just a, a blanket statement. If somebody is telling you what you need to do with your life, you got to tell them to shut the fuck up. And I hope that's, that language isn't bad, but because oh, like, I, you know, I, I absolutely have to say when somebody starts to have an opinion about what you should do, you just got to like tune them out, you know, because there's a lot of times I've heard people say to me, and, and usually it's like people whose re- opinion I respect, whether it be a parent or a family member or, or somebody maybe that you love that's saying, man, you're doing the wrong thing. I see you going down this path and, you know, and maybe that's right and maybe it's wrong. But because somebody else is saying that you got to just not even listen to whatever that is positive or negative, you have to determine that course of action, that gut instinct 
of saying, this is where I really feel I need to. And maybe you don't know why, you know, but maybe, you know, that sense of fulfillment, what you're getting, it is more important that I starve a little bit doing what I love creatively, because, you know, at the end, I'm going to, I'm going to, it, it's in some way it's going to pan out. And I have to say there's evidence like you and I have both experienced this. I know from just our, our experiences, I know that, that, that has, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just, just to give it, give it, give a small example is when we were growing up, when we were young kids thinking about the stuff that we, we played with Leonard Skinner, we got paid to play with Leonard Skinner. (laughs) forget the circumstances forget how it happened or why or whatever but that's that's a that'll that'll never that that statement is true and you know do you think that you could have said that when you were 17 but like who would know that that was going to happen uh you know there's these those little statements you know along the way that we can say about stuff we played coney island fourth of july many times mm-hmm. you know what i mean that people, you know, think about, you know, somebody saying that, and it's not about what somebody says or what somebody thinks or their opinion, but my opinion about that is that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty damn cool. And you know what, if I'm measuring my life by my experiences, because I think that that's part of what life is about. And I used to take that to mean how much acid I could take (laughs) for a certain thing. And you know, I don't mean to joke about it because it, it is serious, but I used to think it was, you know, sensation and, you know, making the distinguish between a sensation, like I hooked up with this person or I did this thing and saying, Hey man, like I played, I played a band on New Year's Eve on this rooftop on the New York Highline. That was an amazing experience for me. Whatever else that was happening that was peripheral to that experience doesn't matter. That thing, I achieved something that I felt I, yeah, it can sound good at a party, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, no, I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud that I played at Coney Island. I'm really proud that, you know, the music that we, that, that you, you did, you and I did, Alec. I mean, that, that, that's, that's still a huge part of my life. The lessons that I took from that experience have gone on to teach me so many other things that I didn't realize in the moment as it taught me, you know, the affirmations I was doing with you, uh, with, with the band, you know, I did a lot of affirmations for that. And I, you know, a lot of the reason that I, you know, got the opportunity to do pop dust wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have been doing the stuff that I had done with you. And that's like, we're talking seven years, you know, maybe, you know, maybe not even seven, but maybe five, whatever it is that the, the years that go by, you don't, you know, I, all I can say is that I, I see myself as a success, whether that's defined by financial success, that's different. I think financial success is like, that's like the cherry on top. You know what I mean? This is the work. I think anybody who looked this, you, you know, I, you know who I look at that I really love. There's, a, I, I like a lot of comedians. I don't know why, for some reason I really identify with stand up, and I was trying to do that before pandemic happened. I was doing this thing at, um, it was a comedy club uptown. I, I, I don't remember, but I was paying like $15 every time to just have five minutes, you know? And I was thinking, this is so great. I don't have to bring in a gear. I, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just show up, say a bunch of words, and then you get paid. I was like, this is great. So I thought it would be, I, I don't know. I just started watching a lot of stand-up. And Dave Chappelle is somebody who I I really okay. love. I love him, man. 
love yeah. what he has to say because he he puts so much wisdom in these jokes and uh also like him and bill burr actually the two of them like i feel like dude if, if i could if i could be on a stage with two, those two guys and just have a conversation or whatever that would be like like just pinnacle you know um partially because you know dave Chappelle, he i mean one is impacted me as a younger person you know in terms of entertainment in terms of just laughing and whatever but some of the wisdom he said and and one of these things he said uh really gave me some perspective in how i approached and how i got burned with 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 pop dust is that he's like he gives this whole thing about like getting in between a man and his meal you know he gives this whole thing about how he witnessed this guy playing three card monty i don't know if you've heard this at all but like he says this thing and he's like you know i saw this guy that he ripped me off so i was like watching this thing and i wanted to call him out because i thought you know he did me wrong so i want to prevent the next person from from him being doing that wrong you know and he made it about like and you know he he's he's like he calls this guy out and the guy who is you know running the hustle he's like he's like listen man you know you don't get in between a man and his meal you know and it's like sometimes it's not about what's right and wrong you know that's maybe not your business you know what i mean that's that's between him him and god or or him and another person and god but but my my experiences i got to learn from that and saying i to do the right thing doesn't mean i have to make somebody else's situation right that's not my job my job is to do the most right I can in myself. My my actions are right in in the best way that I can. And um, you know, don't don't get in any don't don't get sidetracked by trying to trying to be the good guy, you know, in, in a situation. And that or, doesn't Yeah, also like or it's like when you're feeling like somebody else is doing the wrong thing maybe look at yourself also and like are you doing what you're supposed to be doing you know what mm -hmm. i mean before before looking at like how you can police other people necessarily and not yeah. to say you shouldn't call out and like stop like speak up when you see things happening um well it's not like you know laying yourself out there because and and it and it sound maybe i'm not saying it the right way but it's like you know, the resentment of getting burned saying, I'm not going to let this person get burned because I was burned. The resolution is, 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 well, one, I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with and is the reason I'm trying to stop this because I'm trying to get somebody else from being burned or to get back at the mm -hmm. person who burned me. You know what I mean? And I think there's something to be, to be learned in that, you know, my actions can go better towards, like if I really truly wanted to help somebody else is not to call this other person out but to uh you know do my best to be aware of those types of situations you know what i mean if i'm if i'm feeding that mentality by by participating in it you know um i'm i'm giving i'm giving something of myself you know whether i'm losing money or not i'm giving my time i'm giving my attention i'm giving my emotion that i could be putting into something that's benefiting my my goals, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sidetracked somewhere along the way by trying to stop somebody else's bad situation.
from happening and also in not dealing with the issue that really happened there. So it's like, I mean, there's all these things that are tangled up <clears throat> and to simplify it is saying, man, let me put everything in its place. Let me not get confused with what my intentions are with somebody else's mm -hmm. bullshit. You know, like, let, not, let me take that. I don't need to take that on. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, to bring it kind of full circle. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was uh, for me, like one of the hard things about like kind of the end of Potion Collective. Um, not that there was like an official end, but like, I think it was a great, time because it was a place for everybody to to be somebody um but then it was <laughs> difficult because not everybody wanted the same thing and that's like at a certain point i think was hard to reconcile like i think if there was a point where everybody was kind of like in general moving along uh, like-mindedly. Um, but then, yeah, what I realized though, then from it, like what I took from it was, yeah. Okay. Maybe instead of trying to make a collective, like my vision, like how can I make my own vision, my life? And then now with like the podcast is kind of my way of continuing what I was trying to do with, with Potion Collective, um, but without, <laughs> without what that was. Because there was a point where I felt burned by that community <laughs> too. And I think a lot of people had different hard feelings um, in different ways from that time, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, re I definitely remember a lot of conversations we've had about you know, how to move forward from, from that experience. And, you know, it, that, but that experience also helped me like just in talking about what I went through with this garden over pandemic. I mean, things, things exist for only a certain period of time and they're only meant yeah. to sometimes, you know, nothing is permanent. And sometimes realizing that a scene is, is a scene because it has a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. And understanding when the scene is over, it's like, yeah, you know, it was, it was a good time. It was great. But, you know, there is a necessary close or twilight to this, um, uh, to this, to this thing so that the next thing can happen. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like that, that, that wanting to hold on to it, uh, and, and see how can I, how can I cash in? I think that was the thing that bothered me the most is saying, Hey, there's something special here. Let me cash in on this special thing. Yeah. Um, it's not the only type of a thing that that's happened to that I've been yeah. a part of, you know? Um, and that's how I know it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, it's been nice also to see, you know, you mentioned Bill Bartholomew, Chris Carr, um, yeah. just kind of how different, people have gone on from there, you know, and kind of are doing, yeah, Bill and Chris are funny to me, like, and me and Bill talk every now and then, uh, nice. just because there's an interesting, you know, pair, like there's an interesting trajectory me and him have had, 
and then like a parallel journey. Um, so it's funny to witness this life, you know, and, and I feel that with you too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the entities in which we participate in each other's journey. It's like, uh, it's like we're, uh, you know, if we had a sitcom, we have, uh, we guest star on each other's shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know, recurring uh, role. <laughs> I mean, that would be a fun uh, documentary actually to, to make would be the potion collective documentary. Uh, because it, one, I, you know, and I'm, this is maybe, maybe or not, but like one of the ideas is that it's like during financial difficulties, you know, because what was happening at that time was, um, you know, recession and uh, operation Occupy Wall Street and just how everything played out with that, I think is a lesson to what's going on right now. And my parallel was to the open mic that I was running and how that in a very, in a, in a much smaller period of time, the garden actually ended up getting shut down by people who are gentrifiers in the neighborhood. And, um, you know, for a lot of other reasons, because it, the ethic of what it was supposed to be um, got perverted by, you know, people's, you know, financial and, you know, it, you know, what, what, without going into too much detail, it, it, it has a lot of parallels to, um, the nature of what those kinds of like that, that, that lightning in a bottle is. And, you know, the more you understand the nature of that, the more you can recognize it when it happens, you can't create it, but what you can do is witness it. And, you know, from witnessing it and saying, okay, well, what is the real, what is, what is the thing that I can take from this? Or what, what can I, what can I feed? You know, and I think the relationships are what is the thing that I can take away from that. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the common experience is what I can take away from that and helping other people to recognize that in their own lives, in whatever way that manifests. Um, hey, you know, we, we used to go to the diner every Friday, man. I really love that period of time. I used to go skiing with you every in the ski club. That's something I really valued 20 years later, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's, you know, I think that's the thing that art helps. It helps us to recognize those magic moments in our lives. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a great button right there. Um, so I'll have links to mental chillness and Dan Becker does uh, in the show notes. I might also link, kill the kittens uh for oh, yeah. for you know just i love just because airing those sometimes what um, about malik man that was a great video uh which your choice kill the kittens well, well kill the kittens i did the i i edited yeah. the video so, for that, so i'll sure. put that one in when i talk to steve maybe i'll put in uh stand yeah stand malik. yeah um is there anything else you want to say um well i think uh just thank you I mean, thank you for so much for letting me be a part of this thing that I've seen you build and I'm very uh, grateful to be on, you know, um, for you to just say what's up and recognize whatever it is that I've been doing to inspire you to have you on the show, have me on the show. Um, um, I, I want to, I can't wait to see what else happens. That's, I think I'm excited to see what happens next. Likewise. Um, are you on Instagram too? I am. Yeah. DJ V. DJ V. It's D yeah, it's DJ V, but if you do a search for Dan Victor does uh 
also it will be uh, what first comes up. Cool. Well, all right, brother. It's good to see you. Um, keep doing the good work. And uh, yeah, I love you. And I'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, I love you too, brother. Peace. All right, cool. So that was my conversation with Dan Victor. Check out Mental Chillness and Dan Victor Does. The links will be in the show notes. Also, shout out to Dan. Um, if you like the theme song to this this show that you hear in the background right now at the top and at the end of the show, Dan Victor helped create the original version of that song. The song you hear in this recording is with the newer lineup, um, and it was reworked a bit. But also in the links to the show notes will be the music video, Kill the Kittens, um, which Dan ended up editing. So check that out. Check out Dan. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and share, as always. Um, And if you want to be a superhero for the podcast, check us out and uh, support our Patreon. You can find the links in the show notes as well. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you're doing well. I hope if you are in the cold north like I am, that you are safe and warm. Um, And if you are in a tropical climb like some of my friends are by the beach, I hope you are appreciating that. I hope you have gratitude for that. And I hope that you are enjoying that wonderful weather for me. So wherever you are, whenever you are, take care, do your thing, share it with the world. We need to hear what you have to say. I'll be back here soon to share other stories, people, and ideas with you. Thank you for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. I'm Alec the Third. Peace. We're gonna set you free.